In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. The coronavirus has not affected us. We're back on the podcast and I'm here with my co-host, Ian Right, Right, Right. Ian, how are you, sir? Paul, I've missed you, brother. It's been a while. You're, you're, a, you're a baked bean busy man. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. The official sponsor of the podcast, we don't pass any money. Name you know it. what? I would love the Rocks and Baked Bean Media uh, gear. So I've looked online. I've tried to submit for a t-shirt and I've yet to win. So I got yeah, to make a call. There will be a competition. I've got one hat that I don't need anymore. So I'm going to put it into a competition. So uh, Perfect. Okay, great. So um, anyway, we're a Browns podcast, not a social media video production company ian this week's been crazy busy with browns news right yeah i mean listen there is so much going on i don't know if we can contain it i mean we've got reports all over the place that browns employees are doing their job uh uh, combine's over oh yeah paul you are it's well, it's a quiet it's a quiet field out there today. Uh, there's not there's not a whole lot going on, which I think the NFL likes. So obviously you got the CBA thing that's hanging over the head of everybody. So they're trying to figure out like, hey, where are we going to go? We can do this. We can do that. How much money do we have? You know, people have estimated the cap's going to be in that one ninety six to two hundred. Not a lot of contracts are getting done. We did have a trade, so that's good. Uh, actually, two trades. So there's a little bit of that going on, but uh, for the most part, it's more about uh, what potentially could happen here in about 10 days when free agency opens up. All right, cool. I got a first question for you, Ian, is who are the four names that I should know in top of my head that we could potentially draft if we don't trade? I think right now the four names, I'm, so I'm going to eliminate trade down because I think that that is a possibility right now, but I think the four names would be Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Josh Jones. No, Those are the four names. No, um, Mackay Becton. No, no, um, uh, Simmons. Uh, well, I am a Simmons guy. I think yes. Simmons would be, but as of right now, the chances of him lasting to 10 at a, are about probably 50 50. And a lot of people probably even put it as less than that just because what his position is. So obviously, you know, Jack, we talk a lot of times about positional value. So we talk about how important is the hole on the roster. And one of the things I want to do for the Paul Brown podcast, of course, I want to start doing some things where I'm going to do mock drafts, mock scenarios. And the reason I'm going to do it a little bit different than, you know, kind of pick the player at the biggest need. I'm going to take into account a few other factors. I won't disclose all of it, but I'm going to put together a little Paul Brown podcast mock draft. And then, I'll explain why I think people could go a certain way, um, and we'll go from there. But I think the when are you going to do this, Ian? You know, I think I'm going to do it this week, leading up into free agency. Are you going to do it and on then, your own? Are you going to get Jack on it? We talked a little bit. I talked a little bit with it with Jack. Um, I think we may collaborate on a couple things 
just because one of the factors, uh, spoiler alert, is going to be positional spending by team. You know, a, a lot of people don't take into account what teams allocate. So when I was down at the Senior Bowl a few years ago and I talked to Ray Farmer, you know, I was asking him kind of some questions about the way things are done. And he kind of gave me a couple things that GMs factor. So I'm going to take a lot of the information from that conversation. I know he's not a popular name, but Ray's and I. I'm going to put together my version of what is a, what is a, uh, a mock draft, and we're going to go from there. But as of right now, I think the four names are Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wells, Tristan Wirfs, and Josh Jones. And which one would you like to take today? Right now, if we don't sign anything in free agency, I think that right now my top is Jedrick Wells. I like him in the sense that he's just kind of a physical, nasty player. When I was watching the combine, I went back and watched a little bit more of it. He's just a physical guy. And, you know, if the Browns can figure out a solution there at left tackle, maybe with Kendall Lamb or one of the guys in free agency, um, I think what uh, Jidrick Wells can be a really strong piece on that right side. And it's a lot more of an efficient value than going out and getting somebody like Jack Conklin, who I'm not even sure is going to be a free agent, but. Mm. And uh, this week, there's been some talk about Trent, Trent Williams. Should we trade for him? And I know Mary Kay put a piece up. Yeah, there's been a lot of banter back and forth. So there was reports earlier this week that the Browns were looking into two free agents. Well, one free agent, one current player. So Jason Peters is a perennial all-pro uh, left tackle for the Eagles. The problem is he's 38 years old. He's a former tight end that converted the tackle way back in the days and probably was one of the most dominant ones uh, over the last 10 years, him and Joe Thomas. But that's not something – I mean, I know that they said the Browns are looking into it. I mean, that's their job. Their job is going to be to look into it. So I shouldn't – I don't think it's all that shocking of news that the front office was looking at tackles. That's, that's what they do. But I don't think Jason Peters is coming to Cleveland. And the other one is, in fact, Trent Williams. As we know, John Dorsey last year was interested in Trent. Um, he's not all that happy with the Washington situation. But really all they've done is said, hey – Agent, if you want to go out and talk to teams and see what your trade value is, please do. I just, I think that's going to be a steep price to pay for a guy that's 32 years old. He's going to want a new contract. You're not going to play him out at this year um, with a one-year deal going into uncertainty. So I'm sure they'll kick the tires on it, find out what the asking price is. But anything higher than a day three pick, uh, I'm not interested. That's too rich for my blood. How has the trade this week affected the Browns, do you think? Well, it's rare, actually, that we see this, but there was two trades this week. A.J. Bouye from the Jaguars uh, was traded for a fourth-round pick, and then also you had a player-for-player -player trade where you sent a top-mark uh, guard, Trey Turner, was sent from the Panthers to the Chargers, and then they sent back Pro Bowl left tackle Russell Okung, who Browns fans may remember was actually drafted by Seattle, one pick ahead of Joe Hayden. So Okung went the pick before then Joe Hayden. How this impacts the Browns is actually pretty big because a lot of times uh, when people were talking about those first nine picks before the Browns, the Chargers have been mocked to do anything but take an offensive tackle because they had Russell Okun. Well, now the Chargers are very solid in the interior. So left guard to right guard, they're solid, but their two tackles are now dog poop. So it is now a very good possibility that after the combine, the Chargers looked at the tackles and said, you know what, Mekhi Becton, or say, you know, Wills or Wirfs or whoever they like could be a great replacement to get them in there young and cheap. Um, so they're definitely a possibility now. And I think it's now becoming more and more likely 
the Browns may be sitting there with three offensive linemen already off the board. So Browns fans may be holding their breath at that 10 pick as we watch maybe three tackles or, you know, three offensive linemen go before the Browns are on the clock at 10. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be, um, going to be really interesting. And uh, what do you think are percentages of us potentially trading down? I think that if you, if you're the Browns and, and listen, what's going on right now is Bill Callahan is watching tape. He is watching all of the current Browns. So guys like Wyatt Teller and Drew Forbes. And, you know, we already know what we got with Treader, Matonio, Kendall Lamb, those guys. Because ultimately what you want to do is try to not create more holes than you had before. You know, one of the things that people talked about with Joe Schobert was the fact that you're creating a hole that you don't necessarily need. And I'm still not convinced Joe Schobert's gone. You know, we haven't really seen any interest in his name. I know Blake Martinez, a few other names we mentioned last week are still out there in terms of teams being interested, but there still is a good possibility. I think that Schobert could figure out the market and come back to Cleveland, but say you're able to look at tape and say, you know what? We like Forbes. We like Teller, you know? So ultimately Callahan's going to come out and say, this is what we need to do. I don't see the Browns taking two rookie offensive linemen. I really think that they're going to probably go out and get one of the free agents um, and then do something in the draft young. So, you know, that's kind of what, what is going on right now. Mm. Can, you, um, can you see the Browns doing anything crazy and just taking like a safety or anything? I don't know, the LSU guy, for example. Or... It, here's the thing. If, no, Delpit's falling. But so I think what's going to happen is, is say the Browns are on the clock at 10 and they have Jedrick Wills and uh, Andrew Thomas as their top two. And maybe worse, they see more as a guard. And, you know, I'm just – this is hypothetical. So Callahan comes out and says, I think Wyatt Teller can be pretty good. I think Drew Forbes can be pretty good. Let's not worry about Tristan Wirfs. Maybe they take him off the board. Not because he's bad, and if he fell, obviously they'd maybe take advantage of it. But um, you're on the clock at 10, and you have these two guys rated high, and then you have the other guys lower. They're off the board. Maybe you trade back with, say, Indy or, say, um, you know, the Broncos who want to come up and get Henry Ruggs, whoever. I, I Pick a team. The Browns could feasibly drop back, maybe go with the pass rusher for LSU, Caleb on Chasen. Maybe they could go with Josh Jones. That's kind of why I threw Josh Jones's name in the mix as being that fourth guy because I legitimately think if the Browns are interested, he's not as day one ready, but I think technically he's very good. If you heard this week on Cleveland Browns Daily – both Joe Thomas and um, John Greco were talking about offensive linemen. They think he could be good down the road. And a guy like Bill Callahan could look at that giant mold of clay and be very interested. So the trade down scenario, and that's one of the reasons I think Simmons is still 50, 50 because if three offensive linemen go three quarterbacks, Chase Young and Jeffrey Okuda, I mean, Derek Brown's another one that's still Simmons can be sitting on the board. So it's still 50. Can you see Derek Brown's dropping down to 10th? You know, the question is, is his positional value? Um, I think Carolina at this point could be really in the market for him. Um, now that they have their left tackle, they could look at getting some of the depth and offensive line uh, later on in the draft. So losing Luke Keekley, they may try to mask that and go with a guy like uh, Derek Brown to put in front of him. But if not, maybe somebody just doesn't see him as a dominant pass rushing uh, defensive tackle. I mean, hell, Aaron Donald didn't go top 10, and he was a monster coming out of pit. So – the possibilities are really there for a guy like that. I, Chase Young, Akuda for sure. 
Um, your quarterbacks, Tua, uh, for sure, Burrow. I mean, and then all of a sudden you have three tackles and, you know, it's one of those ones where Simmons is such a wild card. I'm sure some teams will have him very high and some teams won't really see the fit. So it's a possibility, but I definitely think trade down is something the Browns could be doing at 10 as well. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned um, taking a edge defensive end, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Caleb on chasing. Yeah. Olivier Veron, is he still on our roster officially or not? He is. And, you know, one of the things we talked about before is you don't have to make a decision on him right now. There's, he's not costing you any money. There's no workout bonuses. There's nothing. Now, the thing about it is, is you're going to pay Miles Garrett either this year or next year. That's going to happen. And I know Jack put out a piece regarding uh, Garrett's contract situation, so that's good. So you'll kind of see what the market's looking at. But to compliment him, we all saw last year when Porter Gustin and all these guys were coming at the end of the year, we don't have a lot of depth at defensive end. So even if you trade back and you address the offensive line and free agency, you know, it could be very much within the Browns' cards to go with a pass rusher because it's a very important position. You need somebody opposite of Miles Garrett, and you need somebody that's going to be relatively cheap from a salary cap standpoint because you're going to be allocating so much money to Miles Garrett. So in the event that you trade back, you really could look at one of these pass rushers as being a legitimate option. Um, it's just something where you start controlling the costs, and there's only really a few positions that you really take in the first round. So it's just an option. It's something to throw out there where if the Browns don't like the offensive lineman on the board, don't be surprised if they go with a pass rusher. Yeah, because what is that? There's uh, the two, Derek Brown and the LSU guy. Jav- Javon, there's Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, and there's uh, Derek Brown. Those are the two pass rushers inside. And then you have the LSU kid, Kalevon Chasen. Um, AJ Espinoza, or, es- or Espenza, I'm sorry. He, he didn't have the greatest combine, but I'm not sure people were all that expected of it because he's more of a physical pl- player. He dominates at the point of attack. He's not one of your athletic freaks. So a lot of people had him drop into the second round. I've seen in the happening, but you know, he's definitely a guy. If he did fall, I'd be very interested in, but yeah, there's, there's a few good pass rushers out there that I think a lot of people would jump on. Um, so it's, it, it's just something it, that option at the bridge. In my head, the then four potential O-line for the Browns and two defensive ends, and then Simmons as a, as a wild card. They're like yeah. the – that's kind of the seven players that we think we're going to potentially pick. Is that fair or not? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, from a fit standpoint, the Browns, obviously, I don't see them going wide receiver – so you can take guys like CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. We got too much money allocated in wide receivers, so I just don't see that as a need. And as many people have said, wide receivers in the later – the guy I like, Chase Claypool, he's unfortunately rising because people figured out he's good. Um, the other guy I like is Colin Johnson out of Texas, um, K.J. Hamler. These are guys that are going to be there in day two and day three that normally would have been drafted a round or two higher. So you don't need to make that allocation in the first round to wide receiver. Um, so I can, those are really the kind of consensus guys for that top 15, 20. Um, there's a couple corners in there. I don't see the Browns going corner. It's just, I don't know. I don't really, I don't see the need there with Ward. You're going to have to pay him. 
him. You're going to have greedy. Uh, I know Terrence Mitchell's name has been bannered out there in some trade talks. I'd like to see him stick around, but if you can turn him into value, it's not a bad idea. Uh, the other LSU linebacker, Patrick Queen, athletic freak. Not a lot of production last year, but really came on strong towards the end of the year. He's a guy that if you do let Shelbert walk, maybe you look at him in the trade down scenarios. Here's and then question, outside Ian. of that, you're just Ian, Here's a question. If um, the Ohio State quarterback was there at 10, would you go with and pick him up? Jeffrey Okuda? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If I can get if I can get the number one cornerback at 10, that's a steal. Now, do we need him? No. But do you take him? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if he's there on the ball at 10, you take him. Forget position. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would run to the podium. Yeah. yeah. To have Denzel Ward and Jeffrey Okuda, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm eliminating my Buckeye bias here, you know, as an alum. But, yeah, I would sprint to the podium. Just like if Chase Young's there at four or five, these teams are going to be salivating. But, yeah. I would definitely take a Kuda at 10. No, no doubt about it. But no, he, but he's, he's probably going to go in the top four or five, isn't he? I can't see him falling past six. Um, I could see the Chargers, if he did fall to them, going there. Uh, Car- the problem is Carolina needs a corner. Chargers need a corner. Dolphins have Xavier Howard, but if two is off the board and they didn't want to trade up, he could go there. The Giants. The problem is, is everybody from three to eight needs a corner. You know, even the Cardinals, they have Patrick Peterson, but they sprint for Jeffrey Okuda. So. But having the Chargers traded up to put their name in the, in the – put their dick on the block for a quarterback? It's been talked about, but free agency – so if I'm the Chargers, why wouldn't I go out and maybe try to get Ryan Tannehill? Okay, so Beckton goes either to the Giants or to – um, the Chargers. So say they go to the, one of those routes. Now all of a sudden, the Chargers have a good offensive line. They have either Tyrod or Ryan Tannehill. You just signed Austin Eckler. Go out, maybe keep Melvin Gordon in town, and there you go. So while I think they are in the market, I could see them going free agent as opposed to the draft, but anything's possible. Mm. Well, guys, I'm really interested to hear listeners' views on who we want to go for. I'm definitely going to put a a uh, question out on there so um yeah that'd be uh quite uh good to uh see what everyone else our listeners think what, who they want with our number one draft place yeah and one of the things we even talked about paul is maybe on wednesdays you know we'll do maybe a little ask pbp uh, hashtag ask paul brown podcast let's have some of the people out there maybe put some questions out there for us um you know obviously jack comes at it from an analytical side i like to do a little bit of the the football and analytics. So if people kind of have questions, I'm sure that whenever I come out with a mock draft, people are going to tear it to shreds. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll do a little interaction throughout the week, put it out there, ask uh, hashtag ask PBP, and uh, we can maybe have some Q and a for the people. Yeah. A bit of an update as well. Um, Baked bean media met with NFL UK last week. Fancy. So I could be doing some work for the NFL. That could be quite interesting. So I know I texted you off the uh, this thread about this, but the Browns are potentially going up to Lambeau Field for some training camp practices. And Paul, your co-host only lives about three hours away from, uh, from the Packers. So maybe we could have a little bit of live exclusive on-site in Lambeau, uh, the Paul Brown podcast, Baked Bean Media. Yeah. So uh, I've been thinking more and more about this year. Cleveland.com has been in contact. So um, again this week. So watch this space. 
Um, but I've got between now and the schedule to work out what my strategy is going to be for the year. So, um, yeah, I will. Um, here's a question for you, Ian, and we can talk openly online. What do you think I could offer or do best for Cleveland media? And I don't want to bullshit. Oh, I think you should be the next Tony Gross. I mean, seriously, what do you think? Where do you think I could add value? Um, my knowledge of American football is not as deep as a lot of people. So let's be honest with my weaknesses. Where do you think I could potentially, uh, and I don't want to step on Hayden's toes of doing like social media content live for like Cleveland, Cleveland.com. Any ideas where, where you could see me fitting in the Cleveland media world and yeah. getting paid? Yeah, no, obviously that's one thing. So I'm going to kind of steal something that I've noticed recently. So a lot of these sports teams now are just absolutely – some teams are really good. Some teams are still lacking. When it comes to their social media content, I know this is a little bit outside of – what you've probably familiar with, but the folks down in Columbus, Ohio at Ohio state have done a phenomenal job at creating these like hype videos. And what I mean by a hype video is, and I'll send you a link to some of these videos, you know, they'll do like a little video cut up of the wide receivers or the offensive linemen. So the Ohio state football team comes out with these videos that are just absolutely fantastic. Like, there was one I saw the other day that was like the coach, uh, the defensive backs coach that came from Tennessee back to Ohio State. His name's Kerry Coombs. Guy's a legend. But he's given like a speech to the linemen. And it's just a, a short video, I think maybe 30 seconds to a minute. But Ohio State football fans watch these things and it makes them go crazy. I mean, right before the season, they come out with these hype videos where it's basically – and the Browns digital content team does a very good job with a lot of this stuff. But – I think that Ohio State right now and LSU is another one. They have set the bar on these like just promotional motivation videos. And I think fans would really, really take to that stuff because the Brown social media, they do a great job covering the team and giving you like insight and such, but I'm not sure that there's that Avenue yet. So if that's something I can think you maybe you're not stepping on Hayden's toes or anything like that, but you know, integrating your ability to, to mix and splice video content to create a, a, an interaction-based video, I think is really something that maybe we can look into. Mm, excellent. Like, you, obviously, it's tough sometimes with the sights and the sounds because of the NFL's restrictions. But, you know, being able to dub what you see, what you're hearing, you know, I, obviously, I'm not a copyright attorney, so I don't know how some of that stuff goes. But I definitely think that there, there is a niche out there for – good short videos that are not live streams of swagger. Yeah. <laughs> Funeral. Um, so yeah, I've got to, um, and forget about the Browns cause the Cleveland Browns may be set in their own ways. They may have their own digital team. Like if I did something for like cleveland.com or ESPN Cleveland or mm -hmm. I'm trying to think who are the other big players? Well, I mean, you have ESPN Cleveland, obviously there are two uh, radio stations. You have 92.3, the fan, Yep. You have uh, Cleveland.com. You have the Akron Beacon Journal, our friend down there, Scott Petrak. Um, you've got The Athletic. You know, I don't know if maybe The Athletic has any interest in doing some video stuff. Uh, Zach Jackson does an incredible job covering the Browns through The Athletic. Um, Plain Dealer, obviously. Um, Mary Kay. Yeah, and then even 
a little bit west. I, I know the Lorraine Morning Journal uh, is another one, from the hometown paper of myself. So there's a lot of like media ones out there. I mean, Jeff Shadell is another guy that, you know, I just think that there's really a market for that. You know, people like watching these little hype videos. And do you think I should um, try and do like Nathan Zagura go to every home and away game this year? I mean, that's a lot. I've obviously coming from a person that's six hour flight from the States. Six hours? Wow. Um, well, to get to New York's what, six? Yeah, seven. Yeah. I think they did it in five hours with the wind behind them. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a hell of a commitment, obviously. Um, but yeah, Zagura I could, does I could... a phenomenal job with those like little short post game things because Zagura kind of has that natural WWE type of hype man in him. Like, I always picture Zagura as being like the perfect hype man for the old wrestlers, you know, and obviously he's a big wrestling guy, but yeah, I think he just does a very good job at articulating excitement and people that are optimistic like him. I always, I always give a hat tip to, because I drink a lot of the Browns Kool-Aid, but I think Zagura even puts me to shame. It's, it's quite an impressive thing that he does. Do we, uh, do we know what day the schedule is going to come out this year? You know, I think the NFL likes to really kind of space things out. Um, so I could really see April, the Browns are going to do the New Jerseys, the draft, and I think probably right around then you're going to see the schedule. Yeah, okay. But, like, for example, we'll use the jerseys. I know we were talking about hype videos. If you were to in some way, and obviously employees of the Browns are the ones that are going to be doing this, but, like, when the jerseys come out, let's watch the videos that they use for marketing and hype. Like, you have the ability – Ohio State does, like, once a year they do, like, a production – regarding maybe an alternate jersey they're going to use let's evaluate like what the browns do in social media for the jersey release because i'll be curious instead of having when, that when like, are we gonna have this funky, release? Do you know yet or not? next month yeah they're gonna do it next month how'd you know but if, yeah you if you listen to enough people the tea leaves you gotta remember they're gonna come out with the jerseys before the draft because they're gonna want to sell them all so the Browns are obviously going to have to control the means of production when it comes to distribution of the jerseys. So they're going to roll them out. My guess would be two weeks before the draft. Look for that April 10th to 15th. The, but if you remember, the last time they did it was this stupid thing where they're all on stage and it was just so terribly done. Like, make a production out of it. Like, go full-on Hollywood and just make it, a, make it a big to-do. Obviously, it's easy for me to say that I'm not footing the bill, but, like, Get people fired up. You know, it's, it's one of those things that were Browns always has a stigma of shit that kind of like a shit cloud that surrounds the team. Let's, let's fucking break the chains. Let's come out with a good video and let's just get people going. You know, that, that's, I think, really what we need the most. Because I'm telling you, when Ohio State starts dropping those videos, Paul, I see – at least 200 people that I went to school with repost them on Twitter, on Facebook with a comment, like let's go. Like let, people want to run through a wall. Yes. That's what we like. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to send you a couple of these. These things are crazy. Like whoever that video team down is there in Columbus, a plus effort. The only person I know that was as good as social media at that is the guy that used to run the Indians Twitter account was fantastic. This guy was a legend. Witty comebacks like no other. It was glorious. All right, buddy. Well, look, um, we've got a couple more minutes of the podcast left, but there is something interesting that I did look up. We've got only a couple more days until 
we have to um, franchise tag any players, but we're fine. We're not going to franchise tag anyone. Else. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see us doing that. I think if they really, really love Joe Schobert, he'd be an option. The problem is the franchise tag for the linebackers are paid like the edge rushers. So when you're an off the ball linebacker like Schobert is, you don't see him getting tagged very often, just because that market is so skewed. Um, I really think we're probably more dabbling in that free agent. Look for the Browns. Like I said, I'm still not convinced Jack Conklin's going to be a free agent. It makes no sense why Tennessee would let him go. So I could see him once Tom Brady figures out where he's going because that whole thing is going to come to a crux before March 18th. Because if he's going to re-sign with the Patriots, he's going to do it before then. Because if not, they have to sign him and they take a cap hit. So we should know here in the next two weeks where Brady's going. And if he doesn't go to Tennessee, they have the money. They're just going to sign Conklin. He won't be a free agent. You know, I know that the Browns in the past have been linked to Havapula Vadi Vitae, who's the – say that three times fast. He's the tackle from the Eagles. Andrew Barry would obviously have a pretty good idea of what he's about. Um, you could see uh, – there's a couple other guys out there. I know Joe Thune is kind of the big guard prospect out there. But I think if Callahan really likes the, um, the tape maybe on Forbes or Teller, you could really see him maybe looking that route. Uh, Joe Hague's another guy from the Colts um, that I think Grigson and those guys would be familiar with. I'm just trying to draw some, some connections there. Um, obviously, I think the big name they're going to go after is Anthony Harris, the safety out of, uh, out of the Vikings. He's going to command a little bit of money. So realistically, I could see them making one big signing on the first thing, like an Anthony Harris, and then maybe pulling on two or three minor guys but it'll be interesting to see what route they go in free agency because that's going to kind of tell us you know where they see the big holes in the draft being filled mm. all right and let's uh, finish up there and where can people find your details ian19 on twitter obviously not a ton going on right now but if you do have questions um i like i said i'm just starting to dive a little bit more into my tape and stuff you know, now the good part is, is all the medicals, all the interviews of the combine are done. So you're going to get a little bit more of an idea what teams are going to do. Like I said, I think the Chargers tipped their hand by making that trade. I think they're probably really leaning towards going one of those top offensive tackles. Um, but yeah, we're going to see. It's Next week's going to be, kind of be the big one because you're going to start hearing all the agents leak out what teams are interested in players to try to drive up that market value. But just remember, free agency is fool's gold. A lot of Browns fans out there want to sign everybody under the sun in free agency, we have a lot of young core players that we need to sign. So let's not, let's not, you know, dunk our head in the water for free agency. We can put a toe or a finger in here and there, but nothing crazy. We're not going to spend a ton of money just because we have, you know, a lot of guys that we're going to need to extend coming up. So don't get upset Browns fans when we don't go out and sign every free agent under the sun. Excellent. Well, I just want to finish up by saying guys, thanks for your support as always. Um, I'm still going to keep trying to push my Browns content as much as I possibly can. Obviously, I'm focusing very heavily on my new business, bakebeanmedia.com. And if anyone in Cleveland is looking for any support with social media, don't be scared to reach out and send me a message. That, that right there is an endorsement. And um, fully support anybody that can help, you know, definitely. I know that you have uh, some ties maybe here into the United States try to get some work done but yeah it's definitely you guys are doing a heck of a great job so cool perfect. cool cool um and jack just tweeted live if you're still podcasting can you push the articles cheers lads 
listen, I know, I know Jack is a, a target of many on social media, but the guy really does spend a shit ton of time putting together these articles. I know I got to read, you know, a piece he put together on all the Browns potential areas. Just, it's a well-written piece. Jack's a great author. He's, he's very articulate with the content that he puts out there. So it's, I think they're must reads for any Browns fans. Take a look at it. So I know we'll both retweet it on our accounts, but yeah, get out there. And if you want something good to read, you know, reading isn't going to kill everybody. Not everything has to be video nowadays, but yeah, great articles by Jack. He's doing a lot of good things over there at Dogland. How dare you say not everything's videos this day and age. Everything should be videos. (laughs) Videos promoting good pieces of uh, journalism. Lovely. All right, guys. Let's go, Browns. I am looking forward to booking my flights to Cleveland in six weeks. So let's make this happen. Let's get super excited. The season is coming very slowly. Packers training camp, Chicago. We're driving up. All right. Uh, What day of the week would it be on? Any idea or not? Probably during the week. Ooh. I'll have to come over some Chicago client meetings. Sorry, sorry, boss. (coughs) My my business partner's going to go nuts when I tell him I'm going out to Chicago midweek. But anyway... (laughs) Go Browns. Go Browns.